so let's get started. Yesterday was Daf Gimel, today's Daf Dalad. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf Get to today's. We are um, learning Le'ilu Nishmas Moshe David Ben Aftali Yosef Alevi and Kraina Bas Tzvizev. And with that, we'll start our review of yesterday's Daf. We taking it from the top of the page. Talked about the fixing up of the roads, the streets, the the mikvos, and basically doing gener- generally all the needs of the rabbin. Now, we quoted a mishnah. Tzarkei um, rabbin also happens to be permitted to be done um, on chol hamoed, and it has a list of the tzarkei rabbin, which is the dini mamanos, dini nefashos, dini makos, redeeming. Um, things that were consecrated, erchen, where a person makes a donation, acherim is another type of donation in hegdish, and also, um, so redeeming erchen, charamim, hegdeshos, giving the sota to drink, burning the paraduma, the, uh, the eglarufa, the evet ivri's uh, ear, po- poking the hole if he wants to stay for. Um, after his six-year term, purifying the mitzorah and removing the shoe off the form, the shoe form. But um, you don't put it back there because that's already a maisa uman and that you're not allowed to do. Now, what's interesting is, is that we also learn over there in, 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 in Moed Katan, which talks about the dinim of Cholomoed, that you're allowed to give the base hashilchan to drink and you also, uh, also need to... Um, uh, you can you can make the marking on the cemetery, you know, paint it, and the you know the white paint. And the question is, we already did it in Ador. So what's the deal? Why are we doing it again? So the Gemara explains that um, the uh, that if if a rain would have would come, surprise rain after Ador, which is pretty late in the season, then basically that's um, um, that would be a case where they would need to. Um, re re whitewash it. Okay. Next thing we saw is that they go out on Klayim, um also on Cholamoid. The question is, what are they doing it on Cholamoid? Didn't they already go out on Ador? The answer is, if it's one of those years where Ador is relatively early in the season, so then basically. Um, when they went out originally, you couldn't see the plants. Good. Uh, so, uh, kind of like this year, like uh, it was a late, uh, it was uh, there was a late freeze. So uh, you know there was nothing growing or whatever. You didn't see anything. So anyway, that's the scenario where they're gonna have to do it again on Cholamhoid. Okay. Next, we saw. Um, is a very interesting like question. Where's this idea come from that we make um, a, a cemetery, make markings on, um, over where we found somebody buried or whatever, that we put this markers? What's the idea of that? Where does that come from? So we saw one shot of Rabbi Bracha in the name of Yaakov Barbas Yaakov in the name of Chunya. Uh, whatever, there's a whole bunch of names, whoever, whoever it is. But anyway, in, um, so the Pasuk says by, by Mitzorah that she, it, Pasuk says, that a person who is Tame needs to inform others that he is Tame. Uh, basically, has to call out, stay away from me, I am Tame. I don't want you to get Tame like I am. And that is 
um, uh, that, that works very well for a living person who's tummy, but the fulfillment of the same concept is by having a, a marking on the ground that you can tell that this is a cemetery, that's the key point, and that's the way of Tami Tami It's fulfilling that concept that the Tami thing is telling others, stay away because I am Tami, and that's why we make um, you know, the headstones and we have markations and we know where, the, where people are buried, and that's the idea behind that. Okay. Next, we saw um, is Rav Ila, the name of Shmuel Bar Nachman, another shot. Pasuk says in, where is this Pasuk? Two. In um, Yechezkel, that the people passing through the land found a bone and they built a monument over the bone. Okay? And that tells you that, uh, that even if you find bones of dead bodies, you can tell that it's human bones, you need to make a tzion, a, a, a monument. So, and really you can learn this from the word, it says etzem adam. So etzem means even if you just found the bones. Adam is even if you didn't find the shear of bones, but you found the, uh, the spine or the, uh, or the skull. And then you, it says ubana, that means that you're supposed to build something on top of, you know, and the, the stone should be a permanent stone that's not moving around. The idea being... Uh, because if it's Evan Tulusha, then the stone may roll, if it's not like embedded in the ground, it may roll away, and it'll be Matama, a different place that's not really tummy. Okay? Um, and, it's a, and so this is the Makar, that's another, it's the Apostle Gimnichaska that talks about making a tzion, making a monument for where there's a dead body. Now, um, we did see that uh, even though it's not, you're not doing it right, but because it is common enough, if you only have a single stone, you got to worry, and you went over the stone, you got to worry that you are Tame. And the reason why is because maybe they put the stone over the dead body, even though that's not really with the right place to put it. If, however, you found two stones opposite each other, then, you can, then the stones are not where the body is. They're, de- they're making a demarcation that the body is between those two stones. So then you know that the stones are fine. It's the in-between that's, that's actually where the toma is. If, however, the place in between the two stones are plowed, so then what you know is, is that that's clearly not where the, there's a, they're not connected these two stones because you never plow in the place where there's a body. So then that means that the two stones are, you know, the bodies are facing different directions, not in the plowed area. And therefore, you gotta worry that maybe it's under the stone and somewhere else in a different direction is the tomb, and it just happens to be that the two stones are opposite one another. Okay, next we saw is, um, the next thing we saw is that, one second, let me just put on the, uh, put on the mute, okay. Okay. The next thing we saw is um, that uh, we, we said that we do not make a tzion if you find flesh, human flesh, without the bone. And the reason why that is, is because perhaps the meat will become decomposed. And once it's decomposed, then there's no toma that's being conveyed. And that's the, that's the concept. So the question is, is that 
uh, Rav Yusta uh, Barshunam asked Rav Mana, is that, that what you're doing here is you're making, you're being metamet haras lemafreya. You're creating a problem because right now, this place is no marking on it. person might walk there thinking that he's tar and really he's tame. Uh, because he will be tame because if there's enough flesh, then it will make, his, make a person tame. So the Gemara explains that uh, Rabbi Mana answers that you're right. Right now, there's a short, for a short window till the body decomposes, it will be tame even though, uh, even though he doesn't know about it. But that's much better than the alternative of creating a permanent problem where you're demarking an area that, that really tar, that you're calling it tummy. That's a bigger problem. All right, brings us to the next halacha. So Rebuda says that originally they would, um, when dealing with client, they would pull up the, the foreign, whatever other, other growth is that's not supposed to be there, and then they would just throw it down in front of them. Once the sinners increased, so then they started not throwing it down in front of them. They took it out of the ground and they would throw it in the roads. Once that, and, and then eventually they, they uh, basically made the whole field hefker if they find Klein. Okay. And uh, Rebuda, we brought down the Rebuda, this is from Rebuda, but we saw in the price that Rebuda explains that this was how it developed, how the halacha developed. Originally, they would just uproot it and, put, and throw the uprooted plant on the ground in front of them. And uh, the people thought that this was a great system. And the reason why they liked it is because it was free labor for weeding the field. And uh, two, they had uh, that food for, the, for their animals. So it was like a doubly good thing. It was like they couldn't wait for the guy to come. Um, and they were taking advantage of it. And basically, eventually, so they said, okay, we don't, want, we don't want people to be so lax in separating the client themselves, you know, making sure that it doesn't happen. So therefore, what they did is, is that they took it away from them, and they picked it, but they took it away. And that was still uh, at least, you know, free labor, because that would be work that they would have to do. So they said, okay, well, these guys are wise guys, so they decided that they're going to be mafkir the field completely, and that will show them, okay? Um, and, that's the, and that brought us into a very interesting topic of we're seeing the power of the koach of Bezdin, that they have the power to make something after. And the question is, what is the makar to this power, to this, to this source? So um, anyone asks you that question, you know, because it does come up, we use the power of Hafker, Bezdin, Hafker in many places in Shas, Little do you realize that it happens to be Rishalmi and Shkalim that discusses what's the Makar for it, okay? <laughs> so it's like a pretty esoteric source. So, what is it? What's the source that Hefker Bez and Hefker? Um, because the Pesach says that uh, anything that doesn't, that, that won't be, this is a Pesach in Ezra, that they actually utilize that power. Because it says that anybody who didn't show up in the three days, based on the advice of the officers and the Zgenim, and their entire property will be forfeit. Okay? And he's separated from the Kalagola. So basically, they put teeth, that's the power of the, of the Chacham, that they had the, the, the teeth to basically be, to basically confiscate property. Okay. Now, how do you know how powerful that consecration, that confiscation is, um, that it even frees it from maestros? 
That's the next step of the question. Because freeing it from Mysus means that it's the rights are not belonging to the guy. It's not that we're taking it from you. And if we're taking it, then maybe the, the chiyuvim that are there should still be there. No, it's really genuinely hefker. Okay, so Rabbi Yonason, the son of Rabbi Yitzchak says that it comes from here. It says that you, that uh, as you, the halacha is that you're not allowed to do an Ibar Shana on the Shemitah year or the year post Shemitah year. And if you did, it does work. It's still an extra month of Adar, and Rosh Chodesh Nisan won't be till the next month. Um, now, what's the, when you add on a month of Shemitah, isn't that freeing it from any maestros? Even though you're doing the wrong thing, the power of the Chachamim is such that it makes it hefker. And that's why uh, there's going to be potter from maestros. So the Gemara says, okay, that's the, that was the right. Now, the Gemara has a interesting, just... Aside, once we mentioned this halacha, they wanted the more wanted to know. I understand why the shemitah year it's a bad idea to add an extra month to the year because the shemitah is a hard enough year as it is because you're not allowed to plant anything. Only things that are growing by themselves can you even take for yourself. It's very limited in what food you know. Most food that we eat is cultivated food. It's not things that are just growing, right? So. Um, so that's a pretty pretty onerous thing. You don't want to add another month to that year. But what's the problem with Motzei Shviyas? You already a lot of plants, so who cares there's an extra month in the year afterwards? The answer is, is because if you're relying on the grain that grows, you're adding an extra month where the Chadash, where the new grain is going to be also to eat. You don't want to do that. You want it to be permit, uh, permitted earlier so that there's more to eat. And that's the reason why Motzei Shviyas as well. Once we got into the reason of why it is that we don't do it, it clarifies an interesting, so then the halacha does change based on something that uh, we saw that Rabbi Yudha Nasi permitted. It used to be that there was a prohibition against bringing any vegetables from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. And this is because there's a din toma on the dirt of coming from outside of Eretz Yisrael, and they would bring in the vegetables many times with the dirt to preserve it, to keep it, to keep it fresh. And that dirt is tamah. You don't want to increase tamah in Eretz Yisrael. And at a certain point in time, Rabbi Yudah he said, is that that's not what they're doing. The system is such that there's really very little of a concern. And therefore, he allowed vegetation from outside of Eretz Yisrael to be brought into Eretz Yisrael. Once he opened that, that option, so then there, the concern of going hungry on a Shemitah year fell apart, right? If you look at Israel today, for instance, most of the grain that they're getting is getting from farm places. They don't, they, what they produce locally is actually sent out and they export. They don't really, uh, but, most of, but a lot of the things they get from other countries. So it's not, you're not, nobody's going hungry, basically, is really the point. Nobody's going hungry other, um, in such a scenario. So that's the... What? Of course that's an issue. Yeah, if they are exporting in Shemitah, that creates a problem for, that, that, for, uh, for people, for the consumer who are Jewish, of course. All right. There's also trumas and maestros that are a concern. Right. Besides for Shemitah, Shemitah is a big enough... That's, where the, that's more by the wine bottles. There's 
certain years that you know that the wine is from a Shemiti year, yeah, and it's very complicated, you know, there's, it's, not, it's not so simple, that's why you're not going to see the regular Hefshar on those, even though you know it's a, from a kosher company, you may see the wine and it comes from Israel, and it's not going to have the same reliable Hefshar that you normally expect to see, because it's, it's a, a very complex issue, what do you do with the wine? Anyway, that's the story with that. Uh, yes? Uh, Rabbi Nagel, was this uh, a corner that uh, lands outside of Eris Royal have two Was it always, or it was like a corner that was made it's by a rabbinic. It was a rabbinic invention, yes. It was a rabbinic invention, and it was not always. But, um, but uh, that the, the earth of outside of Eretz Yisrael, um, I, for, I, I forgot where we had it, but it was a, there was a Gemara that talked about various Kazeris, and that was one of them that came up. Okay. Anyway, um, so the question is, um, once, uh, so therefore, then once that happened, so then the concern and, uh, of, of adding a month on Shemitah became a moot point. And similarly, um, it's only when, when we're in Eretz Yisrael, once uh, Kal Yisrael was sent to Galus, so there's no problem for Shemitah year being a longer year as well. And that's another, fa- that also changed everything. Now it happened that the house of Rabbi Gamliel um, did add an extra month on Matzah Shemitah immediately. And, um, and, uh, but Rabbi Avon says that you really can't prove anything from this whole from this whole story, what, what did we try and prove? We basically said that we're trying to say that, look, they're adding a month on a year that they're not supposed to. Obviously, if you're adding a month to the Shemitah, it's going to be Pater from Maestros. Doesn't that prove that, um, that the rabbi's koach of Hefker Bezdin is such that it frees it from Maestros? It doesn't prove anything because they're adding a month a year is not a, uh, it's not a rabbinic convention at all. It's not the rabbis acting arbitrarily. What they're doing is, is they're fulfilling the Doraisa dictum that says, Shomor is Chodesh Aviv, that we need to guard the month of spring, which is Nisan, that it needs to be primarily, majority of it in the spring. And they know exactly when the seasons are, they're watching very carefully, and based on that, they decide to give an extra month of Adar. It's nothing to do with their action, their action is just a fulfillment of the Da'oraisa, so it doesn't prove anything. But if you want to know where there is a proof of that the Afghar Bezdin works even to free from Iser, there is a source, it's from different din. It's from the halacha of the Gaddish. The Gaddish is a, uh, is, what happened is, is that normally there are certain parts of your field that you must give to the poor. You leave the edges of your field, that's peya. You have, um, and then there's individual uh, sheaves of wheat uh, and the harvesting process that drop. If it's one or two, then you have to leave it for the poor. If it's three, then you're allowed to go back and pick it up. And also there's something called shikha. If you forgot a bundle when you were bringing the bundles, then also you're not supposed to go back. You're supposed to leave it for the poor. That's leket, shikha, and peya. If there's a, a field that they didn't leave any of the parts to the poor that they're supposed to, so Bezdin steps in and said that this pile that you smoothed over without giving any parts to the poor, the entire part that's touching the ground is not yours anymore. It belongs to the Aniyim. The part that's above the ground you get, but what's on the ground, which is probably more than, you'd imagine, more than the typical Leket, Shikha, and Peya that would be there. Anyway, that's a penalty that the rabbis instituted so that people do do the right thing. Anyway, the bottom line is that... Um, 
even though we did see that only Beishama he says that, but maybe Beishillel holds that the Aniyam get to eat it, but they still gonna have to separate Meiser. We saw that Rabbi Yossi says that's not true, that even that is going to be permissible um, uh, for, the, for the poor to eat, and they, it's potter for Meiser, and that's even according, and that's even according to Beishillel, which, and that's because of this penalty, and therefore we see that the power of the Hefker Bezin is such that it frees it from Meiser. And that's that. That brought us to the next Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us that on the 15th of Adar is when they set up the tables for exchanges for people who need change to give their Maktas HaShekel. Not everybody had a Maktas HaShekel coins and they would be stationed, they would be stationed in all around Yerushalayim. On the 25th, they started sitting in the Beis HaMikdash, and uh, once they sit in the Beis HaMikdash, then they start um, not only you know, asking for the money, they start forcing people to participate. Who... No, that, that's what? a very interesting thing. If, you, if there are not enough coins, could you give in species? In a species? I mean, not in a coin... No, no, you have to give the Maxis a shekel coin. That was the idea, and that's why, we'll, that's why we provide... We arrange that there's uh, that there's people who will give you the matzah You'll get change. You know what I'm saying? So you, they'll give you the the money for the collections, basically. Well, you don't have to give the actual half shekel coin. You can give a dollar, um, and then and then you know or whatever it is, the right amount, and then the money will get there. But the point being is is that that's what these people are doing. They're providing change for people so that they're able to give the exact amount necessary. That's the idea. Direct and deposit. What? Direct deposit. Direct deposit, yes. Rabbi Nago, this today's uh, membership uh, in the synagogues is uh, more fallen into like a <coughs> membership situation, like being, uh, forgive me, like a health club, or more like an obligation for the, you know, where does it fall into? Um, put it this way, um, it's, bad, it's, it's probably bad business for a shul to be extra harsh on people to make sure that they give their dues. But we go as far as encouraging strongly that people should pay up their dues because obviously that's what keeps a shul functioning. I, don't think, I, I think it's somewhere in between really. It's not, a, it's not exactly a health club because there's clearly an expectation and that's the right thing to do and it's halakha that they do it. It's not like, oh, it's voluntary. Obviously, there's expenses to show that, that really um, people need to chip into. That's simple. But my question, isn't it in, what, in any way related to this halacha of shkalim, or it's rather uh, somewhere in the, you know, member the, of the club? Uh, it, it's, discuss, it's discussed in halacha. You know, this is, the, you know, having dues in a shul is, a, is not a new thing. It's been around for a very, very long time. And it's, it's similar to this, but it's not quite the same thing. Obviously, it's, it's, but it's very similar because, as you know, we consider it shul a mikdash ma'at. And um, it's, it's closer to this than, than just a membership that, oh, if you want to, you know, right. It's like uh, if you want to see, you know, like how some synagogues, if you want to see in shul, that's, you know, then, you know, uh, then th- this is the thing, you know. And we won't let you in without a ticket, you know. That's a famous thing. You can come in, but you can't dive in. Okay. <laughs> All right, that'll be a health club. There you go. If they can't pay for the air conditioning. Okay. 
Anyway. Oh, sorry, just one quick question. Sorry, I know we're running. Um, in the last section, if a poor person takes something from a field, the stuff that he takes, is he required to separate Misa? Generally, no. Any part that belongs to the poor is there is is they don't have to tithe at all because that's separate for the poor. It's um, and that's and that that is exactly the point. And that's why when 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 this person didn't give that the part that they give is now that's like a, it's rabbinic invention that they have to give it. And that's why we saw that there was an opinion that they still have to give the meiser because it's not really belonging to the poor. And we said that's not the real truth. The truth is once it becomes the poor's for legit, legitimately or like on a real way, then it's free from any meiser tithe as well. So okay. Right, right. But the, 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 the similar idea. But anyway, that, so, no need. Yeah. Don't we say that even the guy who is uh, living off the charity is obligated to separate his miser if he has enough for his food? I'm talking about Aniyam. Yeah, that's, you're talking about a different kind of miser. That's miser Ani. That's the tithe of 10% that we give as charity. This is the, uh, start the, this is the maestros that grow from your field. So a poor man who is getting that from other people's fields, he's not obligated to take any tithe on that. If he has a small, if he has a small plot of land of his own that he can grow a few vegetables, he does have to take his tithe on what he grows. But that's a different. Those are two different things. Uh, it's not the same as Meiser Ani of giving charity. Okay. So like on what they t- what they get from somebody else's field. No, the, oh, you mean the tenth? Like, that's okay. That's okay. The, the right. No, no. So I, the, I, that, I'm saying you're, we're confusing two different concepts. Giving to the poor, a poor man who has to give charity. That's a separate question. You're right. What they're collecting there is their food that they need for sustenance. And there's a separate discussion whether poor people have to give on any of their income. Does this add up to their income? I'm not even sure how we, how we look at it. You know, they're collecting food for their sustenance. Um, but, you know, it's not really income either. So I'm not sure if it falls into the category of where they need to give charity off of that at, at all. All right, anyway, Viter, I have to move on. Viter, okay. Running late, okay. I'll ask later. Okay, anyway. So let's keep going. Thank you. All right, I'm falling behind. Okay. Anyway, bottom line in the Mishnah is that um, is that uh, who is forced to start? Who do we force? Leviim Yisraelim Gerim Avadim Mishurkarim, but not Nashim, not Avadim, not Ktanim. And Katan, uh, whose father started giving, then he must continue to give. And, uh, but not the Kohanim, and that's because of Darche Shalom. And Rav Yudah explains that Ben Bukhreed says in Yavne that if the Kohen who chooses to give, we're not going to punish him for it. Okay? Meaning we'll let him, and it's, it's, it's okay. It's nothing wrong with him giving his shekel. And Rabbi Yochanan says, you got it. Rabbi Yochanan Zaki told him that's not accurate. What, actually, he does need to give his, he is, he is obligated. It's just the Kohanim darshan the Pasuk incorrectly to their benefit by saying that if they would do, donate money towards, towards Karbanos, amongst them are Karbanos Mincha, uh, like the Karban Omer, the Shtea Lechem, Lechmapanim, which falls under the Mincha category. And if it's a Mincha's coin, then it needs to be completely consumed. It cannot be eaten. So that's why they said, oh, I guess we're not allowed to participate in this thing. 
Right. Anyway, so that's the right. The, uh, anyway, so that's the real issue is, and that's the story. So the Gemara says we said we don't force the katanim. What do you mean force the katanim? We ask, but we just don't force. That's a little bit strange. So the Gemara explains that uh, we're talking about not a katan mamish. We're talking about his bar mitzvah already, and therefore we do ask, but. Um, you're not, we don't force until he's more of an adult than just bar mitzvah. He has to be 20 till we start actually um, forcing them to donate. And that's, uh, that's the idea. Next thing we talked about is the dispute between Rabbi Yehuda's testimony from Ben Bukhri and Rabbi Yochanan Metzakai. How did Rabbi Yochanan Metzakai get the idea that Kohanim Leviim are Mechuyev? He says it's from the Pasuk of Zeyitnu. Zeb means Gematria 12. All 12 tribes need to give. Rav Tevi says that uh, the Chachamim explained to Rabbi Yehuda that what, there is no issue with Kohanim participating because there's a fundamental difference between a Chatas Yachid and a Chatas Tibor. Chatas Yachid needs to die if the owner is dead and if a Chatas Tibor, one of the owners are dead, it doesn't affect the, the validity of the Chatas. And the same is true by the Mincha. The Mincha of the coin, if it, when it's a private Mincha of a coin, it needs to be burnt. But when it's the Tibor, it's not. So it, uh, the whole question is not really those issue, concern, so to speak, that the, that the, the Kohanim have is, is not true. Now the question is, is that how would they argue to Rabbi Yehuda, who himself says that a Chathas Tibor does die, okay? The question, you know, you can't prove a person a point from something he disagrees with fundamentally. So um, anyway, the bottom line is, is that it's still a valid point, is that it's not a Nidavis Yachid, and that's really, um, and he, wants it, uh, he says it's not, their argument is that it's, once you give it over to the Tzibor, it falls into the category of a Nidavis Tzibor, and there's no concern. Anyway, we saw two drushas in the Pasuk of Kolo over al Who is included in that? One source, it's between Rabbi Yudha and Rabbi Nechemia. One says that it's whoever crosses the Yardin, I mean, cross through the Yamsuf, is Chayef in, uh, in, in, give, in, in, being, in giving the, the Sheka, the, the Maxa Sheka. And the other one says, whoever is counted the regular way, that's who has to give it. So... Um, that those two shitas fit into the two categories. Rabbi Yochum Zakai includes the Kohanim, and uh, therefore they cross through the Amsof, so yes, indeed, they're included. And uh, the um, and the other one fits better with Ben Bukhri's version. And that is where we got up to, and we'll take it from the Nudaf. Oh my goodness, I really did fall behind. <laughs>